So and welcome to another episode of Rebel City Podcast. So for the first time we're doing two episodes in the same week. Um but we've done this for a reason because both guests have got an event happening tomorrow, um, which is Saturday. Um which would be if I check the calendar, the tenth of August. Um so this guest is Glasgow San Pauli. So San Pauli are a German Bundesliga two team, if I remember rightly for the conversation. And we had the guys from their Glasgow Supporter Club in. Um, we had a fantastic conversation um, and it actually threw up a couple of sort of revelations for me. Um, I've been slightly disillusioned with football, um, as is Matt, I think, for a couple of years now. And when we're talking to the guys, it really seems that it's just the sort of corporate entity that football teams have become in the UK. I mean, I love Celtic and will always follow and support Celtic, but I think the the actual truth of the matter is, is that the fans of Celtic have become customers and guys like Peter Lawwell and Dermot Desmond, as long as you're paying your money, couldn't really give two fucks about what you think or try and make it inclusive. We covered... Um, what drove the guys to become fans of San Pauli? Um, the the experience, the match, the experience. We spoke a lot about that. We also spoke about the anti-fascist element of San Pauli and um the left in Germany, and how it's becoming sort of more dangerous to actually be an anti-fascist, which is a sort of strange concept for me to get my head around. Um, we also spoke about the gig that's coming up at the QMU on Saturday and um, how important like the sort of community element that these supporters clubs have and the work that they do for sort of fighting racism, misogyny and fascism in general. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. Check the guys out, please, and um, any feedback, as always, is welcome. So without further ado, here's the guys from Glasgow San Pauli. Hello and welcome to another episode of Rebel City Podcast. Um, this week's guest, we've got um, Glasgow St. Pauli, I'm going to say it right, because I've been calling it St. Pauli, a fucking mug, for the, <laughs> the last half hour since she's turned up. Hmm. Cheers for coming on, guys, and sorry about the mix-up in the time. It's no worries. Time organising these things. I'm We're usually slicker than this, aren't uh, we? Well, we like to think. Uh, we <laughs> like to think so. Um, but aye, thanks very much for coming in. Like um, that, This is... I mean, I don't know if it is strange. I suppose you can tell us. Like, I don't, I don't see very many supporters clubs for other football teams, but St. Pauli seem to have like this worldwide fan base. Yeah. Like, what attracts people for Glasgow, Belfast? I mean, we can see that the Belfast one there, but aye, there seems to be like a, a fan club. What, what attracted you to a team in Germany and the German second division? I certainly know the quality of football. Um. <laughs> quality of the <laughs> beer. For me, I think it was the the kind of the attitude of fans being treated first and foremost, not as not as not as consumers, yeah, but as people who want to go and watch a game of football mm-hmm. and who have a an identity with the club. Um, a long time 
Celtic supporter season ticket holder for years haven't been for quite some time yeah um, kind of not fell out of love with Celtic but fell out of love with the way that Scottish football was organised and ran mm-hmm. definitely um, and you're going to a ground you're herded in you're by this by that um, it was a soulless experience for yep. me I mean I'm not criticising anybody who, who supports a particular club that's absolutely fine mm-hmm. um, but for me it was there was more to it than that um, and when I first went to some Pauli game I couldn't quite believe just how um, yeah, just how it was organised how yeah. the fans took the lead how the club and the fans interacted mm-hmm. and that's just something which I think is missing um, from from Scottish football from, from football in England and mm-hmm. um, probably from football in a lot of places um, I think your first your first time at a St. Bella game was certainly an experience mm-hmm. um, mine was an away game uh, in f- February in Aachen which is in the northwest of Germany okay. it was minus 15 it was, it was so cold you couldn't even have a beer um, it was absolutely freezing they get beat um, but I'll never forget the, just the, the whole experience that I mm-hmm. day um, fans were just absolutely brilliant to us very very welcoming yep. um, there was certainly there was just something a little bit different about it it was the, not just the ethos of the fans who are obviously well known being left yeah. uh, and left wing and some radic- radically left um, but also just the kind of the, the whole culture the way that they organised themselves mm-hmm. the way um, they fed into the club the way that the club listens to the fans yep. um, the way the club is organised and with fan membership mm-hmm. um, and, and that kind of attracted me and that's kind of something so it's fan members it's not shareholders yeah. um, and, and that's something which I think is important the stakeholders that are involved are interested in enjoying the experience rather than how much money they make off the back of you um, yeah. I can I, I can relate I mean um, it's no secret that you know, we've been season book holders at Parkhead at various points um, I've moved away this year um, I spent a bit of time recently like following St Rocks as we were talking earlier on mm-hmm. and I had the similar thing where I went to my first game they were 4-1 down in 10 minutes captain had been sent off it was pissing the rain but I, I got a beer and like the banter yeah. was alright and I've just found myself going back and back because it's it feels like a mere like almost personal experience than just get in the turnstile buy your burger buy your programme shut up you know what I mean like, which I felt a lot recently for like top flight football in recent years and I think there'll be probably fans across clubs or Scotland that will feel like their money really only gets them dictated to buy boards and stuff like that. So, like, how do you, what do you do? Do you just decide you're going? Is it, did you get in touch with fans, clubs yourself? What was, how, what was the journey like to get there and stuff like There's that? an organisation which is kind of representative of the fans and it's called the Fan Laden. Um, and they actually have an office which is in the Gegengrader stand, which is the, Gegengrader means the, oh God, what is it? Oh, I don't know what it means. Sorry, forgot. Sorry. Anyway, it's a long stand opposite the big main mm-hmm. stand. Um, back straight, that's what it means. And it's um, they've got an office in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you contact them and you make, uh, you know, you say, you try and organise tickets with yeah. them, you get to know them. And when they get so to know you... The popularity means yeah, you yeah. And, re- and, and if you're a registered uh, members club, you know, getting tickets, mm-hmm. is, it's not relatively easy. You're never guaranteed them. Yeah. Um, but they, they have an allocated number of tickets for foreign supporter clubs mm-hmm. um, and, and they'll put some by for you, you reserve them, you go and you get them. And it's 13 euros to get them. And is that including when they were in what, Bundesliga and stuff like yeah. top flight football, yeah. 13 euros, which yeah. works out at what, a tenner? Nah. Yeah, well, I mean, not anymore, it's about 15 quid now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Brexit. But, um, I mean, £10 wouldn't even get you a fucking pie and a, a, like, for two. The programme. You know I mean, I, yeah. at, at Celtic Park yeah. or wherever, at Ibrox, let's 
Aye, I've, I've been, I've been to games where I've watched like the European champions for 35 quid on a Wednesday and then went away to Rugby Park on a Saturday and paid £40. You know what I mean? Like, so the notion that you're going to go and watch Bundesliga teams for 10 to 15 quid Aye. is unreal because the quality of the game earlier is unbelievable. Even with what goes on with the fans, like they're a, technically they're a, it's a very good league. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, don't know if you've watched them, Paul. Nothing technically good about them. Um, but no, you're right. It's you can pay thirteen fifty you know, euros for a ticket, but you're also real masters as we were saying earlier on a twenty four hour flights. Mm-hmm. So if you book it in advance, you're getting like a flight for easy jet um, for about forty quid return sometimes. So forty quid and then your thirteen euro price. Yeah, yeah, because you don't book any accommodation. So. Mm, What's the match day? I mean, I've heard story. I've never been to Germany. I think I went once at school. I bet they meant a lot of Germany. street parties and all sorts of but things happening. You get, well. I've heard, we've had mates that go abroad, we go to Germany and go to like Bayern Munich games and they're, they're telling us that there's like, it's like a full day event that the fans, it's more like American sports where the fans are sort of like community and they're in the car park and have like barbecues and beers and then they go and watch the game but then there's stuff mm-hmm. that happens after it and like, is that the same with St. Pauli? <laughs> My name's Paul, so... It's a difficult one. I know, honestly. It's, it's pretty accurate, to be honest with you. It's, um, you go there and like when you get to uh, St. Pauli and you pick up your tickets to the Gengrader, there's like, the fan room, which is fan room, mm-hmm. just next to that. Um, and it's that kind of meeting space for fans to come and kind of get a beer together. Kind of, it's, it's all focused towards fans like kind of experience mm-hmm. so it's not like a kind of it's nothing non commercial aye. horrible it's like there's big piles sense. Aye. Aye, there's yeah. big piles of stickers sitting there do you know what I mean people can come in buy put a donation or whatever get scarves swap scarves mm-hmm. everything about that someone's going to think that this is why they're here do you know what I mean it's nothing a case of there's like outside that that stand you'll find loads of different stalls so yeah. there'll be a stall for um, the refugee team FC Lampedusa friends mm-hmm. of ours who who run that um, team it's kind of like United Glasgow if yeah. you know them. Um, so it's the same idea a football club for refugee kids who have got nothing else you know to do yeah. um, and um, so they sell their merch next to them there'll be another group that's selling I've got this t-shirt I'm wearing there from, from there yep. mm-hmm. um, there's, there's the fan, fan laden which also sells its own merch in the club Don't mm-hmm. they don't have this issue with you can't sell that. That's cop- that's ours. That's copyright or this. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you don't seem to, to to get that. Yeah, and I don't know why it's never occurred to me to ask. But are these fan zones? Are these mixed or are these exclusive to? You know, there's terrain? been a, I've been there and there's been other fans, but it just depends on what team it is you're playing. Like yeah. for instance, we were over for the game against Hasfow Hamburg. Right. Okay. Um, and that you couldn't get near. Yeah, that's unrealistic. Um, so that, that that was a no go. And there's other teams like Dresden. We were over for last year as well, and mm-hmm. that's a that's a classy game because they're right wing. Right. Nazi bastards. Okay. okay. Um, and um, so the, the fans are kept. There was like, that's the yeah. only time I've ever seen water cannon. To be fair, don't it? Again. I think in terms of policing and stuff like that, it must make a lot more sense for fans to congregate in and around the area of the stadium rather than, you know, for example, like cartels marching through, you know, city centres and stuff like that. Like, mm. so like water cannons. Yeah. Uh, it seems like I. Uh, that was the highest foul game, wasn't it? Overreach for a yeah. second winning game, no. It was the only. That was the first time in nine years there'd been a derby in the city. Oh right. Um, and the 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 ultras in both ends don't like each other at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and that game was absolutely crazy. I've never been in like it was stopped four times in the first half because of the pyro. 
um, you couldn't actually wow. see the ground. Right, just smoke bombs everywhere. Yeah. Can you see the from flares and whatever? You know, so the, we couldn't see the players from yeah. where we were, mm-hmm. um, and it was it was absolutely crazy. I've never seen anything like it in my life. That's wild when you think about the reaction we get in here when one smoke bomb or one sort of pyro goes off. Yeah, you do see pictures from all around the world, Turkey, mm. Germany, all these places where they're used on a game by game basis, like to a degree that we just don't see here and. It seems to be something that is acceptable. I don't know if that's mm. the experience earlier. Or I don't not. think it's overly um, acceptable. No, it's not encouraged, but it's it's used more. But it's uh, that game. I didn't mind it when it was constant flares and smoke bombs and stuff mm. like that. Because to be honest, the game was terrible. For <laughs> <us>. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they'd waited until we're four nothing down. Uh, I didn't want to see the pitch for that point. <laughs> <laughs> came for the atmosphere, but didn't even like it. <laughs> but when it starts to when they start lobbing things onto the pitch to try and get the game stopped and mm-hmm. things, that's when it's it's going too yeah, far. There, there, there was fireworks not, getting yeah. aimed at the pitch and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think Hamburg did that as well when they were about to be relegated in recent years. That's they brought yeah, the game last season, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we watched, come up with your logo because it keeps on catch my eye because it's class, man. I love the, the, what, the Glasgow sort of bit in the middle of the... So who came up with the idea of that? Yeah, it was myself. Um, he says modestly. Look at the lie, Time to shine. I like the refugee bit as well. Like uh, the refugees welcome, man. It's class. And yeah. I think that what you're saying there about them being able to have stalls and sell, I suppose that's going to spark a lot of that sort of creativity amongst the fans that you can't date Celtic. Like you see people walking about in the Magnus mm. and you're just kind of, you don't even notice it. But then you see something like a t-shirt like this yeah. or like that and you're instantly like, that's cool. Like You yeah. want to know more about it. Mm-hmm. Do you know I think that's amazing that it's more geared towards like the fans and rather than, like you're saying, just pure corporate entities that are just spewing out yeah. four or five different taps every year for you to go and spend fucking hun- best part of 100 quid on. Exactly. Yeah, in fairness, they do do that as well. Yeah. Aye, don't no. you're ever going to get away with that no. regardless of the team but going back to your other point, like that is the whole thing where it does bring it to the fans where it's a case of the whole day is you get there, well we like to go in about two hours before the game so you can get your banner up and stuff like that yep. but the whole thing is about it's not a case of full time, get out I mean, you're still standing, cause you're standing with your pals so yeah. it's that whole kind of thing where you stand with your pals, go and get another beer, come back team will walk around regardless of the score, clap every stand, do you know what I mean, so it's yeah. it's a whole day kind of event isn't it mm-hmm. We're there that often, we stand in the same place in the, in the South Curve and folk knows it's <laughs> Pretty surreal, really. Yeah. You, know? mm-hmm. uh, you look around, there's folk in oh, the crowd. And then after the game, like people go back because there's also a wine bar. Okay. And the, there's a pub in the, in in the, the stadium, stadium right. yeah, which is in the Gegengrad stand as well. And it's open and it's almost absolutely rammed with folk until like. It's not as posh as it sounds. No, yeah. it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, until about like, you know, nine, ten at night. See, I mean, again, I don't get, you know, like going to the football you want to maybe grab a jar with a few mates on the way there watch your team and then if possible grab a few jars and you know as hangs traffic that's yeah. doing you know whatever else you're doing you know what I mean but I, I, I don't get why we, we can't even live with that in this country when you see it work so well elsewhere you know what I mean it's I think part of the contempt again that you know the authorities in this country feel for football fans that mm-hmm. maybe isn't prevalent in somewhere like Germany. I mean, the cops are there, but they stay, they kind of, they're, they're in the background, you know, you know they're there, um, but they kind of stay down on, like, Budapest Strasse, which is kind of just a wee bit back from yep. the stadium, and you'll see their, their vans lined up there, or at Feldstrasse at the other end, mm-hmm. but they don't kind of, you don't see them coming in wondering about the fans, and they just leave the fans to it, and the fans mm-hmm. are, yeah. I guess, mature enough just to, 
get on with enjoying mm-hmm. their, their day and doing what they want to do without the need for constant policing. Yeah, when you hear about like, I mean, I went in the stadium tour at Amsterdam Arena and they talk about how they police themselves. When you say that to people here, you know, football fans will police themselves. It's almost like, well, like whatever, like no chance that mm. you could leave a few thousand football fans to just let them take aye. care of themselves. But Are they stop being adults and start being football fans. <clears throat> aye, it's almost, and we're going the opposite direction. I mean, you see, fucking police have just got GoPros strapped to them. They're videoing you. Do you know what I mean? They're, I've, they're I've ever never present. Like ever I've present. never seen a policeman in the stadium in the stand. No, I've seen there's there's like stewards, guards, stewards, whatever mm-hmm. you want, but no no policeman. Mm. No, there's no place where people are behaving themselves. Why do you think we're so reluctant here? Do you think it's... I mean, we've been doing a lot of... We've done, like, Jeanette Finlay and, and we were talking about that off mic. And I'm coming to the conclusion that that kind of football rivalry coupled with a religious sort of segment here in this country is sort of just used as like a sort of political game of chess where people can pick it up and drop it. So they don't really want to fix it. There's, there's like, We were... We'll try to talk to people and say, like, what's the solution here? And I don't think people actually want solutions. I think they just kind of like it because the orange of, like, that side of it has got a lot of sort of political clout, as well as the other side having quite a lot. 1980 cut final to point to, and you're like, that was, we're talking nearly 40 years ago now. Like, you try to say that, like, the game and the people that got into the game, how they moved on in 40 years? Like, Mm. I think it's definitely something needs to be looked at. You can go, like, three years down the road to Newcastle and go and grab a pint and the, the sort of like the back of house or whatever at the football stadium you're not allowed to drink in the stand yeah. but you can have a drink at the game yeah. but then you come literally across the border and it's like nah you're not allowed to. you can't even take in a packet of crisps do you know what I mean they're going through your pockets to make sure you've not got food on you never mind anything else I think that's probably a commercial thing but there just seems to be this reluctance here and this sort of almost like demonisation of football fans that somehow they're like I don't know, like scum of the earth or whatever. It's mm. It's strange. Mm. It, the <clears throat> St. Pauli are like quite closely. You're really struggling with that, aren't you? I'm going to say it like that the full fucking point. <coughs> they're quite closely like aligned, or maybe this is just my perception, but they're quite close aligned with like things like Antifa. Mm-hmm. They got like a is is there like an Antifa presence and the support like from Germany? Is that? I think it's fair, safe to say that the. Majority of St. Pauli fans are left leaning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Sud cover where you stand, that's where the ultras have got their area. Um, and the majority of that would be anti fascist activities, essentially. Um, okay. And it's not something that, and that's again something that's different with St. Pauli. They don't, as a football club, you know, like every other football club, they've got the folk at the top that kind of shy away from anything that could be seen as controversial or not, mm-hmm. ticking the boxes of a corporate Damn release type thing, do you know what I mean? St. Paul will never hide behind it. They'll openly come out and they'll say they're anti-fascist, anti-sexist, anti-homophobic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they'll come out and they'll wear it as something that... I think it's funny that when we talk about you know, gay footballers, as, as there was in the news recently, um, I think St. Paul, they have like a gay president in like the 80s or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. So, I mean, they've been like, historically quite progressive with these sort of left-wing ideas. Like, mm-hmm. Is that part of what brought you in? Is it Was it... Just about the football to begin with, or was it the ideals and the I think it was a mixture of organising the politics, mm-hmm. right? And, and and the fan culture for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was initially drawn into it through through being a Celtic supporter. Mm-hmm. And that's how I first heard about yeah. it. Yeah, remember meeting a guy in the Cools years ago. I mean, this must have been in the nineties. He was wearing a St. Pauli scarf. And I was like, ah, brown and white scarf. What team wears brown and white? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of probably the first exposure to them I ever had. And we could be going back to your previous. Oh, Shit, sorry, that was my sorry. phone. Going back <laughs> yeah. to the previous point um, about the uh, 
uh, Antifa and, and, and that. The, the stand that was talking about earlier, the Gegengrader, when it's empty, you see that painted along the whole length of it is a big sign that says, uh, kind football, uh, then fascist, and no football for fascists. Yeah. And that's front and centre when you walk out. It's got to be quite a powerful message in Germany, given, mm. obviously, you know, the history. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and I think as well, this is something that ramped up in the, the sort of 80s and 90s when like hooliganism was starting to really take a sort of right-wing element as well. Mm. Um, like, it's, I, I, I quite like the fact that there's clubs out there that are still willing to make like a contribution to like their social consciousness. To, like, to, I, and reading up about some poly, like I noticed that they are actively trying to say we are of where we're from. This is our place. We'll fight yeah. to defend it, and mm-hmm. you know, do all these other socially active things and stuff like that. And like, I just think that there's some that we need Mary elsewhere. You know what I mean? Like, I think that I don't. I don't get that disconnect between. You know, looking at socially conscious, socially minded organisations like the ones you're involved with, and the the image that people have in their head of this, you know, balaclava wearing nutter with you know firework or whatever it is, and like, either as we've discussed, there is times where there's maybe some of that going on, mm. but like, I think it is the good that comes it comes for it gets drowned out by just a wee tiny bit of bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, and um, I I mean. I don't really know where I'm going. Where the that. point is, just a, just a statement. How do you feel about the the potential of like Antifa being like basically outlawed? Because there's talk of this happening now, especially like things like Charlottesville in America, where almost like Antifa is like the new socialist and like the sort of Fox News world. Do you know what I mean? And they're talking about maybe. I said, like, try to make it illegal to be a member of Antifa, even if you can be. I don't even know if you can. I don't think you can actually be a member. It's no, just, it's something you are. Or you're it's not, uh, yeah, exactly. They're not handing out application forms or anything like games yeah. now. <laughs> but it's interesting because if, if really, if you dig deep into that, effectively what that statement from, from Trump is, is that um, we are going to fight the people who will fight the fascists. <laughs> yeah. So what does that make you? You know, that makes you a fascist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is it effectively just Trump admitting what everybody bloody well knows about oh, yeah. um, it. It's a, it's a strange one, you know, because they're, they're not, they're, they're kind of more, as far as I'm aware, they're a loose collective of people who, who will come together um, for particular reasons. Yeah. Um, but they're not like, you know, generation identity no. uh-huh. or, or, or national they action. They don't have figurehead or anything like that. They're, they're, so they're not like these uh, right-wing extreme organisations yeah who are actively going out to cause mayhem, um, murder people, mm-hmm. um, like we saw recently with National Action in the, in the trial in, in London. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not, you know, they're not even comparable to these people. They're the people that are out to oppose them, and as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. that's a good thing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that we need, again, in, in you know, the wider UK. I mean, we look at guys like Johnson who have a just, you know, laundry list of racist homophobic, Islamophobic comments under his belt. And again, kind of similar with Trump, where, you know, his racism in public goes all the way back to, you know, like the Central Park Five and probably beyond. You know what I mean? Like, these guys have got 20, 30 year careers of being racist and borderline fascist and everything that they've done. Like, I don't get why I'm forced to be part of a society that tolerates them or normalises actually it. normalise yeah. it or hamstring the people that look to stand up against it. You know what I mean? Because I think when you look at this nutter that's the number 10 they know like you know standing up against fascists is probably going to be pretty important over the next couple of years mm-hmm. you know what I mean like, so is there things that you know of that left ideology that you've you know, it's drawn you into the, the sample side of things you've brought it back here 
he's a goal up and running in Glasgow. I think I know he's got a gig um, of Glasgow hate racism with guys like Bombscare and stuff like that yep, in the coming right, weeks. Yeah. What what other kind of formats does like your activism take in Scotland? Okay. Since we've started um, up as a sports club, the main sort of thing that we wanted to do was see what good we could we could do from having a collective of people all with the same sort of ideas. Yep. Um, so we've done last gig coming up on Saturday. That's the second one. Mm-hmm. Last year it was um, yeah, it was same sort of time last last over a year ago. Um, we raised ten grand, which was split between United Glasgow and Scottish Refugee Council. Yep. Um, at Christmas time, our members all collectively kind of contribute towards putting on a dinner for um, Simon Community okay. service users and stuff. So anyone that's um, not got company at Christmas and stuff like that, they can come along and get a Christmas dinner and stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. um, we've done... We supported the Scottish Refugee Council Destitute Asylum Seekers yep. Project. So for people whose asylum application has been rejected, they're out in the street basically, mm-hmm. they've got yeah. nothing, they've got no means of support. We've been trying to provide um, money, um, raise some money to help them and just provide them with like essentials. Yeah. With toiletries, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's a fight that's going on to like this sort of very day. I think, mm-hmm. again, off mic, we were talking about <coughs> um, sort of future guests, uh, the living rent, uh, tenants or tenants union, sorry, uh, coming to talk about like the CERCO. Mm-hmm. And I think there's like what, 300 asylum seekers at, at this moment in time still in the process of being essentially locked out of their homes and again left. Mm-hmm pretty much destitute and I'm just yep. like again 300 people out in the street it's barbaric it's I mean, there is no there's there's families it's I mean, like, it's UK government is home office okay it's so it's nothing office. to do we can't be like SNP no. Hollywood no. it's happening in Westminster okay asylum and, and immigration policies are reserved to Westminster mm-hmm. so it's your Tory government that's doing it okay and so I've 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 seen this so and obviously like Matt's more aware of like the political sort of spectrum stuff so Basically, they're just evicting people. Is that what's happening? Essentially, but did they give them like a couple of weeks' notice and then they yeah. change the padlocks on their front doors? Aye, they're given like a um, notice of eviction. Um, it started off, it's going to be like 30 people per week that they were starting to notice, notify. Um, a lot of, I think there's been um, a law firm in Glasgow that have been quite successful so far, where like six people have won mm-hmm. um, their case where they won't be evicted, but it's not going to be a case of, you know, it's going to be. And now these are people who have like through the asylum system and are legitimate asylum seekers these people who are still waiting on decisions or does it matter is it's it just people who have been refused asylum right so for whatever reasons that the home office have deemed them um not acceptable um, mm-hmm. to claim asylum and um, they can go through the appeal process but once that's been exhausted at that point the, the home office just refuse outright to, to help people um so there's the housing group circle who are getting replaced by the mayor's group, but before they leave, mm-hmm. they're forcing these evictions. And what have they, these people expected? I hate saying that, these people, but what are these, the asylum seekers that are rejected and then locked out of their property or the property that they're in, mm-hmm. what are they expected to do? Like, are they- well, the whole idea is it kind of goes back to that hostile environment yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Make it as hostile as possible for people that they deem to be illegal. Yeah. You know, the kind of no human is illegal. Of course, especially um, somebody that's fleeing a war zone or exactly. seeking asylum in a country. It's no, I mean, even though I personally don't subscribe to like um, 
economic migrants or any, any of that sort of yeah. bullshit, like, you can kind of sort of go, right, okay, fair enough, let's put that to one side. And these are people that are coming here desperately just trying to flee potential death. Yeah. And then they're met by probably... The war zone being an economic migrant. It's, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's one of the, like, double-speak terms, I think, a lot of the time, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. But then... <clears throat> If you don't like want people to flee, and violent, you know what I mean? It's stop the selling weapons. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you don't well, want people to come in. I think I've seen that wars. as well in America, where, you know, uh, Central America, particularly, where they're talking about the caravans and the migrants and the hordes that are coming to invade and all that bullshit. And, like, a lot of the problem in South and Central America is driven by the proliferation of American guns. So you're like, well, your guns are killing your own kids in schools within two in the last 24 hours, unfortunately. And as well as that, the guns that escape the country are actually driving the violence in Venezuela and all these places that come off the back of these stolen and missing guns is actually what's driving the migrants to America. And you're like, we are like the designer, the the implementer of our own, you know, negative or whatever it is they want to perceive it as. But like, Aye, the notions that anybody coming out of a war zone or anything like that is anything less than just a human being who needs help, to me is, like, scandalous. And to put 300 potentially families, we're not even talking about individuals here, so, I mean, the number is probably going to be significantly north of 300, isn't it? It's not families that much. Right. It's it's only um, single men and women. Right. So there's no families involved in it. Okay. But they've kind of picked in the wrong city. Like Glasgow's one of the sort of main dispersal cities in the UK for um, mm-hmm. refugees and asylum seekers. But you've seen the backlash that Glasgow folk are giving them. Do you know what yeah. I mean? They're not going to stand in. There's groups fighting it. No evictions. They're coming to our gig. They overstall our yeah. gig, giving out information and stuff they're like that. You've obviously seen seats. that there's been in the press this week as well because. Mm-hmm. At football and stuff like that, there's kind of banners going up, and people yeah. are getting they might not be made aware of it, they might take a bit more interest in it and, and realize what's going to happen to people. And it's it's good that Glasgow's kind of showing what it's made of once again. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a case of they're not going to accept people just getting treated that way. Yeah, I'd have quite liked to see, I mean, it's a bit of sort of walkabout, I suppose, but I'd have quite liked to see the Green Brigade make that their main banner rather than it be overshadowed by something that can be manipulated and twisted and then spewed out and used as like sort of to take I, yeah, I don't yeah. think it's been deliberately done I had football on the radio at the weekend there and it was Radio Scotland and there was no mention of the second banner mm-hmm. it was only concentrating on that first banner that went up which is a pity because the second banner had a really important Way more message powerful. Mm-hmm. and you know put, put the game together in a really really Good light as a, and I'm not criticising the first banner by any manner of means. No, no. You know they did, they did what they, they felt was right, and I've got no issue with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just unfortunate that what it did was allow people who want to have a dig at the Green Brigade yeah. to have a dig at the Green Brigade. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing: it was, it was a essentially, you know, something almost akin to an act of solidarity with other left wing sort of supporting yeah. groups like yourself, especially in this particular issue. Like, and and again, we talked previously about that misconception and I think this is one of the things that again user maybe fell victim to and maybe these guys are as well and that the perceived criticism is allowed to drown out the actual good that's happening yeah. the help for migrants the help for people who are homeless and mm. charities and food banks and all these other things that mm. go on multiple times years gigs I think these have done like charity screenings of films and stuff like that if I remember I've reading yeah right. we've done the Passeran um, again reason sold that out aye uh, yeah anything um, yeah, that we've kind of always done we do it to help people primarily, do you know what I mean? But you'll get groups that do the exact same, but they might fall into the trap of feeding the headlines. Yeah. And that's the stuff that sells papers, do you know what I mean? Well, and that's, 
that's a, that's a good example as to what happened that weekend. Just yeah, because you never hear anything in the news or in the radio about all the great what the Green Bay can do. No, Four food I mean, if, if you didn't, tons of food. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If you just don't amazing. follow Celtic yep. Twitter, yeah. you yeah. probably wouldn't even hear yeah. about it because exactly. that's the only place where I see anything about it. All you would think about is the Green Bay to just a bunch of hooligans, pyro, and misbehaving. Even I fell into that trap a couple of times and I need to catch myself and be like, no, don't fall into that ah. just thinking that they're a bunch of wee fucking neds that are there just to do whatever because the amount of good that they do especially for Glasgow food banks is oh, it's massive it's, it's incredible yep. I, yeah. it is incredible so you know um, tell us a wee bit, bit more about the gig so um, the lineup's looking pretty fucking incredible I've got to say like the, the quality of the acts that you've got on is amazing you um, coming? well oh I've, here we go I've we, we I didn't know. Well, I did know. I did know. I tell one of Bibles are playing oh, Saturday well, night, and he's saying he's to go to that. But I might come and then go oh, to them so just to good. see them because I've got I've no get that much interest in any of the acts on their gig. They've got an all day thing happening in St. Luke's, but oh, right, um, I'm thinking that we'll come up to your gig and then leave. Uh, we've seen Bombscare supporting. Um, Come on, Mustard. Come on, Mustard they're, they're fantastic, but I want to try and catch Tijuana Bible, so I'm definitely going to make an appearance anyway. No, that it would yeah, be no. an appearance in any <laughs> fucking no, way, shape, or form. No, I mean, what, so I mean, I know for a fact, being a, a, an ex musician and I've been in bands and I've put on gigs, it, it takes a hell of a lot of fucking effort. And like, so what's your experience been with like the acts? Are they always open to doing these types of things? And because they'll be doing it for free, hopefully. Yeah, uh, the acts have been amazing. Um, it's exhausting, as you'll know, Paul, what, putting on something like this. Um, you just essentially need to pester the life out of folk. Um, and that's what the lineup, the reason that the lineup is what it is. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. a fucking full time job putting this on. But it's worth it. Um, last year was amazing. I think this year, the lineup, um, I don't want to say it's better than last year, because it's, it's slightly different. We'd mm-hmm. lost us to Dios on the bill as well last year. Um, Italian anti-fascist band and they're right. fucking, they are amazing um, in fact they're playing tonight but no it's the bands that are playing it they're playing it I don't want to say like, they've been picked just for the reason that they're behind the message and stuff like that but mm-hmm. like, the likes of Joe Solo for example he drove up last year for Scarborough yep. so came up played the gig stayed for a bit because he wanted to see the wakes and stuff like that and then drove back home again wouldn't wow. take a penny I mean, he's, wouldn't um, even take money for diesel yeah. that's awesome um, so though We've got people on board who are kind of behind the message and stuff like that. Obviously, Wakes, absolutely amazing Glasgow band as well. Um, and we've also got a group called Poetry in the Picket Line. Um, they're going to do a bit of kind of spoken word poetry in between bands. Right. Um, when Richard Jobson's not comparing, actually, we're going to try. It's going to be a bit of a tight squeeze. Um, but no, it's... Alternate them or something. <laughs> um, we've also got... Like, at the stalls wise outside for information as we're saying we've got like no eviction mm-hmm. um, they're coming along we've got uh, Safe Gigs for Women okay. it's a group down south who I don't really think they've got that big a presence up in Scotland so far so it kind of seems what they've been doing it's just about making sure that women who feel uncomfortable at gigs any sort of sexual harassment stuff like that they speak out about it okay. so they've been doing a lot of good work so they're coming up um, they'll have a stall We've got Scottish Refugee Council and uh, United as well, so we've got quite a, a broad kind of group of people that will kind of hand out their information, tell people mm-hmm. what they're about and stuff. Mm-hmm. So overall, it's it's a long day. It's from five to eleven for the bands, yeah, and then we've got a club night on after it. Because yeah. last year we'd a we'd an after party upstairs, and that was brilliant. So we thought we may as well bring that just back onto the main floor. Mm-hmm. Jobson's going to do a DJ set for us, and one of our members, Titch, 
that used to be in Altered Images. Altered Images. He's doing the DJ set. Oh, I, mean, I know the name Touch as well. So, aye, man, that's class. And it's at the QMU on Saturday night. And yes, and it's a decent sized venue. So, is it like the pressure to sell Still the tickets and stuff eye. like that? Like, there is a pressure because last year, because it was our first year, we'd about four hundred and fifty at it, which blew away any expectations that I had of it. Um, so. It's a bit of a kind of noose around my neck this year because you kind of want to get to that as well. Mm-hmm. So anyone that is wanting a ticket, the, the link's on the, on the pin to Get pestering. Aye. We're, we're nearly <laughs> at it, but we'd, we'd like to fill it. So, I mean, the music side of some that, again, ties in with that sort of fan culture that we've been talking about because, like, when I think about some of the left-leaning sort of fan groups, like, my mind automatically goes to, like, punk mm-hmm. and that kind of, like, you know, political discourse that comes along with it. And, like, as there... As much as we've seen Bombskin, I'm not familiar with any of the, the others at yeah. the minute. Um, we got a, is there a punk feel happening or is that something I've imagined? The only punk that's provided is the Twist X. It's always saying attitude with the rest of them, mind you, it's right. all punk. Well, Joe Solo, I would say, though his music's not punk, yeah. he's punk, he's definitely he is mm. a punk. That's sort of like punk attitude. He's a solo performer. Um, and um, I'd never, I'd never, I'd never heard them before he came up last year, hmm. and um, he was recommended, I think, by Billy Bragg's agent to you. Okay. I think it was either that or uh, Matthew. If I hope not, he recommended them to me. Some, somebody recommended them to us, and he came out, I dropped me a hat, and I was just like blown away. I said, mm. This guy's very unusual, but very, very good, mm. very political. Definitely. Um, well, that's awesome. and oh, exactly. He, he was really, really. Excellent. We pals over for Germany that were that never heard of him and they left and they were just like Joe's fucking amazing. That's class man. I mean hopefully I mean what's the capacity of the QMU like? So it's nine hundred if we open up stairs. Last year we kept that closed because we'd uh, one of our mates filming it. Um so this year we'll probably close it again at the top. So downstairs it's six hundred. But because it's like a full day event, you're kinda wanting 400, 450s are kind of comfortable. Yeah. You see what I mean? People are in there all day, you want a bit of room to move. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if you like QMU sell out gigs. Yeah. Sardines. No, I've right. been in the QMU, I think the last time I was in there, I seen the Blue Tones or something. Right. Like doing one of these 10 year anniversaries, probably about 15 years old now. I have to say, they've been really, really aye. good to us. Aye. Really it's good a cracking venue, and I've never been to a bad gig in there myself. No. Mm-hmm. I played a gig in there for a turtle appeal. Somebody tried to save the turtles. And then there was one time, I think it was my 22nd birthday, I stage dived off the stage and nobody. So it was just like, it was a smoke. was one of the ones There was a smoke. There was like a layer of smoke and I can just, I was so drunk, man. And I can just remember just running and just seeing nobody and just smacking into the floor. So that's my lasting memory of the QMU. Bit of a shite story there. So, see if we get back to like the football thing, I'm interested to think, to find out what can Scottish football do to try and emulate the German system? Because they have they went through that sort of period in the early two thousands where sort of Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund kind of like disappeared off the European football map, but then they came like roaring back and they came back with like wage caps and things like I mean here in like hundred euros as well. Right, but obviously one in the World Cup, one in the Euros, but then they've got like hundred euro season tickets and stuff like that. Like, do you think that I mean, let's face it, Scottish football is shit. Right, so that I don't think that there would need to be any sort of regression in the quality of football <laughs> right, okay. to get us to the point mm. where we could have Getting that type of system. Money. Do you think we should just copy and paste? I don't know. I don't know if it would transfer over quite so easily. 
like you say, there's all sort of different complex underlying factors in Scottish football and mm. Scottish society. They're not football issues, they're societal issues. Yeah. Mm. Um, which might means it might not translate quite easily. And there's also that forty nine percent rule in German football where nobody's allowed to own more than forty nine percent of a club, which means that nobody's ever has that control in state. Yeah. Um, so Dermot Desmond would be pissed off. Aye, but you wouldn't so have your fuck, Dermot Desmond. So be it though, uh, exactly. You have your um, uh, David Kings, I think that's his yeah. name, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. So you wouldn't, you know, that, that couldn't exist, that structure. But equally, you've got teams in Germany like Red Bull. Yeah. Aye, how does you that know, work when if there's a 49% rule? Do you know what? I don't actually know the answer to no. that. Right. Uh, so they're hated. Some, uh, some loophole. They might own 49% and then get the rest of their money through the sponsorship deal yeah. or whatever. It's kind of yeah. like the guy Man City where... Etihad, he owns Etihad, and so he owns all that shit. Yeah. It's like he owns more than that team. He owns the sponsors and Aye, the stadium. And four hundred million pound on players then signed a four hundred million pound sponsorship deal for his end stadium. Mm-hmm. Aye. that's just... exactly the type of shit I think we need to be driving out of the game. No merit because mm-hmm. I think football at its highest levels has become like a vehicle basically for money laundering. Like when you look at where the money's coming from and who's bringing the money in, it's almost as if there's people like your Abramoviches and so on who you know allegedly. Um, you know, go their wares through inappropriate or you know illegal means, and are now essentially washing it through ten million pound players at Chelsea to legitimise it. And I think that's something that, at the highest levels, we absolutely need to stamp down on. We've got a, you know a governing body that is a not-for-profit that has like fourteen billion quid in the bank, and you're like the two things don't go together. You know what I mean? Like so, like a mere like fan-based, a mere sort of like real life experience. Well, look at, I mean, me. look at look at the Champions League, for instance. Take the Champions League. You've got um, you've got a situation where, firstly, the, most of the teams that are in it are not champions. Yeah. Of their mm-hmm. own leagues, is gamed towards teams from big leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, Celtic have to go through four qualifiers, isn't yeah. it? Or three qualifiers. Even Ajax. Like that. Even Ajax, Ajax, who were semi-finalists yeah. last year, probably the best team in the tournament have to go through qualifiers to get to to get into the group stage yeah and it's and it's consistently gamed against teams from smaller countries that's not support no that, and, and it's and and you can't get near it because it's everything is so controlled everything is so advertised you know there's sponsors for this there's sponsors for that mm-hmm. you watch a game you're getting mastercard heineken yeah. mm-hmm. everything and all these big huge brands and, and you know that's not the football there, experience tells you tag howard or whatever the howard exactly. you know what yeah. i mean like even the even absolute, times sponsor absolutely you know what I mean? the, the flags that they're holding up and you know the you know the linesmen they have and mm-hmm. and, and the, the fourth assistant everything is and you just think but you know that's no there's a soul in that yeah and you can have the best football in the world but ultimately you're thinking this isn't a working class game anymore and that, to me, is the real pity. You know, someone said to me, so I, I think it was during the week I saw a, 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 an image on Twitter and it was a game, so say Dundee and Motherwell, it was like 138,000 people at it. It was a working man's game. Yeah. A working person's game. Um, and now you look at it and you need to pay, I don't know how much a season ticket is these days, for a, for a Scottish team, but you need to pay a substantial amount yeah, of money. Yeah, I think the, the minimum... Good couple quid easy. Aye, right, Celtic so Park, it's 500 quid minimum, yeah. do you know what I mean? And and was 500 pound last year, do you know what I mean? And what I worry about in that is not that people want to go to it. Um, that's a great thing. People still want to support their club. But it's people might actually go without to go to it, mm, yeah. you know? Um, and, and, and you shouldn't have to do that. Absolutely. You know? It's hard when, you know, you buy you and your two wins season books for whatever club it happens to be in the country mm-hmm. and you know the expectation for the wins is set that every other Saturday they're going to the football with mum and dad or mum or dad or whoever and I as you get to further and further in because it's never just whatever you pay on a season book it's 
your cup DLC, games, it's the range yeah. DLC, it's the qualifiers European and games, cup games absolutely. and friendlies and and even just the, when you go in the day and you're spending like what you mentioned earlier, like if you've got two kids with you, that's like 15, 20 quid on food and yep. drinks and absolutely. The Once you've set the Wayne's expectations, you can't then turn around and go, well, actually, I can't go this week because we can't <clears> afford them. <throat> you know what I mean? Like you've got to go and make the time yeah. and make the actual. Even for yourself, it's like a hard thing to kind of give up. I'd season ticket for eight years at Celtic Park, and ever since finding some Pauly, it's like you you go there and you've got a day out, mm-hmm. and it's a totally different experience to. Sitting in a sixty thousand seat stadium, clapping every now and then. Yeah, do you know what I mean? You come back to that, and it was hard to walk away from that. But you couldn't justify just because you don't want to spend an obscene amount of money in a season ticket. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you don't support the club anymore. Do you know what I mean? But it's, you're making the decision to go. I'm not feeding into this because there's no limit to it. It's just yeah, it, that's just going to continue to rise, and people are just going to continue to pay it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a hard thing to kind of go right. I don't want to pay that anymore are you leveraging people's love against them absolutely you know mm. what I mean I've got a feeling that the bubble might burst on it you reckon mm-hmm. I think there's going to come a breaking point I mean we've seen now I mean no offence to the boy but Harry Maguire is not a fucking great football player that guy just cost fucking Man United 85 million quid that blows my fucking mind absolutely think, blows my mind I mean, it's a big South Sea bubble in England isn't it mm-hmm. this is what I think and again in terms of that notion of like laundering the money the money in English market is so like not even corrupted, but like just so obscene. detrimental to them and obscene yeah. in the long term that they've left with no other option but to keep paying these exorbitant and increasingly mm. large figures because if the money stops moving, the top level of football collapses. If something like the English Premier League goes down because people don't want to pay eighty five million quid for Harry Maguire, then what does that say for the Champions League when, you know, one of the pillars that they've built it on, you know, falls away or night like so that money, that ridiculous, obscene amount of money that's going around putting people off needs to keep moving. And if it stops, which hopefully it will, I mean, you're seeing £200 million for this and, you know, it's just like, come on, man. Like, £200 million quid for a fucking football. Like, yeah, that's a million quid in wages a week. Oh, man. That's obscene. Aye. Gareth Bale nearly went to China two weeks ago for a million pound a week to, like, sit and play in what is a, a relatively yeah. Pe- yeah, poor, you know, league in just mm-hmm. that. Where does it stop? And yeah. I think it has to. I think we're getting to the point where something has to break at the top. You end. will find it more. I mean, I don't even watch Premier League. I can't tell you the last time I watched English Aye. football at all. I, I just, I've got no interest in it. It's not part of it's to do with the money, obviously, but yep. it's just, I've got no interest in the teams and everything that kind of goes on with it. But you will find that more and more people are rejecting it and they're going and watching U- non league football. United Manchester. FC yeah. United Manchester, I um, like that idea. Again, that's a team that's kind of rejected what happened to their club. Mm-hmm. But they've actually brought a social aspect into it as well. Yeah. And what they do, especially their fans, you know, similar to like so we're talking about the Green Brigade and stuff like that, like the fans collective down there. The social what they do is absolutely incredible. Yep. And it's again just giving football back to essentially the people that pay for that football to exist in the first place. Yeah. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it's, it's going to take the sort of idea where enough people kind of realise that whether like it or not they're customers now yeah. and as mm-hmm. soon as you start rejecting that that's the only sort of way it is going to eventually change because you, you will you'll get, continue to get these seconding prices for footballs you'll continue to get seconding prices for tickets and stuff when that starts to get rejected that's when people that will take notice because it's it's hurting their pockets at the end of the day yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, but until people actually do say right fuck it I'm not doing this mm-hmm. anymore it will continue to people in Scotland as well when it comes to English football you know that's it's no new in football in terms that English the English footballing pyramid has leached, you know, historically yeah. the best Scottish talent, both in terms of players and managers for, you know, decades. But the money there now makes it 
even merely an issue when you know an Andy Robertson goes for eight million quid to Hull and then a year later is a 27, 28, 30 million pound player or whatever, just because I know he's went to Liverpool, but I mean that notion that's like a Van Dyke, a Wan Yama, a Fraser Foster are recent examples where we'll give you ten million, but then some are later they're a forty million pound player, and you're like it doesn't make any sense in that respect to me, but like. <clears throat> I, if Kieran Tierney was playing at Hull, he would be a fifty million quid football player. Right? I mean, he's he's widely regarded as one of the best up and coming left backs in Europe, mm-hmm. and we are struggling to get over twenty million quid for the guy. And fans down in England are actually going like he's a pathetic for not letting him go for fifteen million pound. And you're like, why the fuck should Celtic let him go for fifteen million quid Aye. when? Like you see guys that are playing down in England that are probably not anywhere near as good as the guy go for just stupid money but I genuinely think that come the day the bubble will burst and I think people should just cancel their Sky Sports subscription tomorrow get rid of that shit and yep. stop funding that fucking pish for a start that's kind of what I was trying to get at there when I got lost again stream it online that. for three <laughs> days <laughs> yeah. honestly like in the last six weeks or something I've just like I don't know I work at a company that supplies these things to people and I sit and serve people and I'm just itching to go do you know about IPTV? Do you know that you can go and get all this stuff for free? Like, it's a £100, that's fine. £100 a month, that's fine. You're like, no, man, take the 30 quid a month, mate. Uh, Just watch <laughs> online and reject the fucking shit. Was the, even in terms of like subscriptions, these companies can make hundreds of millions of pounds off a Scottish audience that then has three, four million quid reinvested in their game. And like, I think that's something that we need to make very appointed because... Your game has been patronised by these big money leagues with a ridiculous exorbitant money, and all we're getting for it is fucking chicken feed. You know what I mean? And I don't know how we can progress into these modern clubs that put the fans when we accept so little for the talent that we create. You know what I mean? And we as subscribers or you know customers and you know subscription terms throw away hundreds of millions of pounds that we get. You know, single digit percentages back here. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I don't feel as though that's where it is in Germany. So, like, what, what, I mean, what, what's the difference in, like, say, a, a TV deal, for example? I mean, do they collectively bargain? What's the script? Do you know? No idea. No idea. No, no. no idea. Okay, I'll get a question then. So, if he's got aspirations to start a football team, I mean, we're talking about things like United Manchester, do you, I mean, I think there's room for that. Do you think I could run? Oh, for <laughs> sure. I think that there's there's a section. I mean, I think that there's a section of the Celtic and the Rangers support that absolutely hate the sectarianism, and I'm one of them. There, yeah. there is. I'm, I'm one of them. And, and I think it's a, a bigger section than people like to portray. Because like, like we were talking earlier about folk, somebody likes off a pyro, it's suddenly everybody's a hooligan. Mm-hmm. Um, and Instead you know, I, I mean, in, in your life in this city, you know. People who support both teams, and mm-hmm. you know yes. that there's good people who support both teams. Yeah. Also, you know there's Canadian cases yeah. out there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I agree. I think that there's room. I think if somebody started a team that isn't Partick Thistle, because it's Partick <laughs> Thistle, and I've been to Partick Thistle games, but I wouldn't be. I wouldn't. I, I don't know why, but I just wouldn't be like. I, I want to be a Partick Thistle fan. I don't want to be a Partick Thistle fan. But I think there's room for a, a, a team that sort of bridges the gap between Celtic Rangers and we can finally try and put some eight behind us and because it's it's it's, it's well, a shite. Like it, it just it really is. It just to me it doesn't make sense. Like you've got United Glasgow who do exactly that, but they so, don't rely on it being a case of bridging it between two teams in Glasgow. Do you know what I mean? It's nothing to do with there's not even an acknowledgement that that Celtic Rangers exist. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just a case of it's a football team for people 
that might not necessarily feel comfortable playing in junior leagues or whatever for whatever reason. Yeah. Ability could be anything, but this is a team that's kind of there as a kind of vehicle for people to meet other people of the same sort of yeah. like-minded. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives them a kind of social aspect where they're out training like three times a week and stuff like that. Um, and it's it's I don't want to use a, a term for it, but it's football for good. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And it is. It's using football as that vehicle to kind of give people access to football that they might have been too shy to go and try with a local team. Do you know what I mean? It's, but there's, there is teams that St Rocks, as we were talking yep. about and stuff like that before, but mm-hmm. I just think that for something else to happen in the scale that I think you're kind of meaning, Paul, is, it's, I don't think it could ever happen because it's, it's it's money at the end of the day, isn't it? Mm. It's, Doesn't it have the commercial exactly, sort of yeah, appeal? There, there's, there could be money to fund it and make it happen, mm-hmm. but unless there's an appeal, that's not going to have the kind of I think also even if we just talk about it as a basic sport and rivalry you know I don't I don't know if I could be like let's all unite under one banner I'd be like "Mm, no I don't know that's just just me even just in terms of the sport part of the problem part of the the question here well I'm going I'm just going to be honest man (laughs) it doesn't appeal to me I'm sorry so after the gig what, what, what have you got coming up I mean, this is a big deal. I mean, this is like your once a year. Yeah, this is like a, yeah. like a massive event. And I mean, I've not actually know. There's only we're only two two games into the Bundesliga season, uh, Bundesliga two seasons, so need to plan a trip over because I've not been um, obviously yet. Um, so that would be nice for me. Mm-hmm. And are you going to go to one where they actually win or oh, score geez, goals? Man, I think I'm just a Jonah, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, we'll out it and we'll, we'll break the jinx. Actually, <laughs> like, do more. you know what? I actually really admire, like. And I don't, I don't mean this to be patronising in any way because I don't go to the games anymore because I'm, I can't afford it. Mm. Like, or I could afford it, but I've got better things to spend. Mm. More than a grand a year on, do you yeah. know what I mean? But see people that go to Motherwell, people yeah. that go to Partick Fissel, mm. people that don't. Like, I mean, me and Matt had a conversation one time when we had our season books where we were sitting, it was a cob Thursday night, and I think Celtic get beat half a fucking... I can't even remember who it was, but at Parkhead, and we're like, I'm fucking done with this, man. Like, it's cold, I'm bored shite atmosphere shite football I don't really see the appeal and I actually really admire people that go and watch a team that don't win every mm. week because that was really yeah. my motivation it's that real dedication like, isn't it mm. I mean just to go out the door and say you know in a February when you've got stair rod rain coming at you horizontally and yeah. you're in a, a shite old stand that you're you know seven uh, o'clock plus to Aberdeen uh, whatever, whatever you know and you just think it's dedication and it's love and it's passion mm-hmm. and that's what football should be about mm-hmm. definitely um, and it's kind of it's it, joy as well for me like it's, absolutely. it's it's one of the things that as we have talked in other episodes about you know mental health particularly men's mm-hmm. mental health and ourselves we're in experiences and stuff like that like one of the things that helped me about football over the years was like it felt like one of the very few places as a man that I was allowed to like express pure joy you know what I mean, like, I don't know, yeah. is that the thing about, you know, you might hide your emotions, like, yeah. you know, that bullshit, whatever it is, but, like, I always felt at the football, no matter what, one of the various teams I've watched over the years, it was, that when they score or when they have that win or lift that trophy or get that promotion or whatever it's been over the years, that, like, that moment of joy is something that I'm actually allowed as a man to, like, experience and just let go of, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, but I don't think there's other areas in my life where that, passion that joy's allowed to actually like get out mm-hmm. I hope you're, I mean? you're doing it wrong then because we're coming out of St Pauli later on in our life so we've <laughs> not got much joy left <laughs> 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 um, but no you're right because it's 
Yeah, that's why a lot of people will be um, kind of attracted to St Paulo as well because it is it's it's that whole kind of welcoming that regardless of who you are, what you are. Mm-hmm. As long as you embrace the club's ethos, mm-hmm. you know, right. as long as you you know you're inclusive and mm-hmm. yeah, you know you're not being a dick. Yeah. Um, and let's be honest, we've seen people who are dicks at at St Pauli, you know, foreign fans mm. and being arseholes and being told to get the fuck. Um, out of the stadium by by the ultras mm-hmm. and welcome so stag culture because it's right of next to the reaper I, band and, and we often we often on our twitter should give folks sending us direct messages up. saying oh I'm going over with my mates for the 12 years going over going to get some tickets it's like, no don't, I, I, don't I, even especially if you're you know? going and you're yeah. a, a, a supporter subsidiary and you're basically putting your neck on the line for people who've got to turn up to get pushed and cause trouble yeah. potentially. So you die. People who don't get it, people who are football tourists who just think that it's just another one to tick off. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's a, there's big grounds. You can go and do that anywhere else you want. Mm-hmm. You're you're just you're fade into the here. background. Aye, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and talking about your you know your comment earlier there, Matt, about passion. Yeah, we were standing in the in the the suit curve, um, and. It was 30 minutes gone the first half. Ingolstadt just scored their fourth goal. Mm-hmm. It looked as if they were about to score another four. And we were just looking at each other. We'd been flat, we'd flight was at like six that morning and we are just yeah. looking at each other going, what are we here for? <laughs> <laughs> but then... Why do we do this? Though? Well, <laughs> but the, 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 the thing about it is in that stand, um, the, the ultras are there and they have their flags and mm-hmm. their drums and they have their songs. Yeah. And they keep going and then you realise, you know, this is... This is what it's about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? and it's not an intimidating atmosphere in that way as well. Because again, like just kind of going back, like the, the word Antifa is kind of it carries this kind of fear element. To it. Yeah, it's the same, and that's one of the problems here. Is it's the same with the word ultras. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Where people hear the word ultras and they just assume that it's going to be like I mean, heads kicking about and just mm-hmm. making trouble for other Danny people that's Dyer there. Material. Aye, yeah. and it's nothing. Like, you go to Sudcover and it's just people just try to make as much atmosphere as possible that everyone can get involved in Aye. and there's no intimidation to it it's not a case of you're going into someone's space and it's like someone standing there do you mm. know what I mean it's, there's nothing like that at all um, and it's you're encouraged to get involved if anything when the capos are kind of standing there's like five or six of them that stand in a line mm-hmm. sped down the sit cover and as they're looking over and they're screaming at people to be singing if you're not do you know what I mean so you're, you're yeah. properly encouraged at mm-hmm. that point Um so the capos stand and they, they, they stand on the fence yep. and they've got megaphones and they face the crowd and they're choreographing mm-hmm. the singing. So this is something that we're starting to see a wee bit of yeah. in, like with Motherwell and obviously there's the guys that stand at the front with the Green Brigade yep. and then the Union Bells or whatever. But definitely you see that so I take it that's where they're getting that for because I, I was always like where the fuck did this megaphone thing come from? Uh, like, people stand with their back to the game. To the game. Not watching the game. Like, come to football not to watch the game. Yeah. I think like to, you that is exactly what is missing for me for football. I have never experienced what you're talking about. I mean, I'm nearly approaching 40 and I went to my first Celtic game in 1993 and I've never experienced that purpose, why I did it. Mm-hmm. It's always been because my dad supported Celtic mm-hmm. and because I want them to win. That's really yeah. all that I've ever really went to the football for. Yeah. And the idea that I would go with having a social conscious with being open to everybody and not really caring about the actual result. I mean, take it, you will care if they get yeah, beat yeah. Of course, like, because it's your team. Yeah. But you do know that it's about something bigger than just your team winning a game of football. 
I've I've never experienced that. It's something that actually um, I'm like I'd love to experience. I've got a wee tiny bit of St. Rocks. Like I remember one of the first times I went, and when you talk about you know, the the kind of community side of it, like I remember half time comes and the next thing there's ten Wayne's on the park, like playing shooting in on the pitch, and I'm mm-hmm. like pure. I don't know. It, it, completely ordinary, normal thing that was no part of like the visual language of my football experience at all, and I was a bit like somebody gonna. Wayne's playing kick about Wee's dug, and I was like, that's f-. after like ten seconds of being like, no, that's no one a daft thing. That's yeah. that's the, the club saying like, just let it all hang out, like come and do what you want, like just be here ways and, and get involved. You know it what I mean? Ben's like, my head the whole kind of welcoming to it, like right when first started the supporters club, I think it was the first season, and I'd sent an email to someone in the club basically saying like, we'd like to. We've raised this money from our merch sales, we'd like to somehow pay for refugee kids living in Hamburg to take mm-hmm. to the game. So we're like, oh, right, that's no bother, come over and we'll have a chat. So can, the stadium's closed at night and stuff like that. We've been sitting in the pub just across the road for the majority of the day and then you're like, oh, fuck, we've got a meeting at 8 o'clock. <laughs> and you're getting in the stadium, do you know what I mean? You're a supporters club that have just kind of came up with this idea yep. and they're sitting you down and going, right, let's explore this, let's see what we can do. And that's like, this will next year will be the the fourth thing fourth. that we'll be doing that sort of thing so it's that kind of the, even, it, there's no um, line between the fans and like, even the, the board essentially yeah. of the club do you know what I mean it's a case of if they're accessible and they'll look to, towards any way of kind of exploring any ideas that you've got if it's something that you think can be done they'll do it Yeah. and it's as a, as a fan like talking about the kind of idea of you know appreciating your team we were lucky enough to play um, Lampedusa St Pauli, the team we were talking about earlier on. Okay. So Yorkshire St Pauli, um, they 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 play them every year. Um, football is almost actually better than watching St Pauli, but they, <laughs> <laughs> they they asked us to be part of it. You're not getting invited. Back oh, honestly, you did. <laughs> um, they asked us to be part. Um, I think Charlie played once before, but it was five for six. The GSP went over, and there's a wee stadium, the um, Feld Arena. Um, with the women's team playing stuff just out at the mm-hmm. back of the stadium and we're playing in this game against kids like 17, 18 try to chase, try to chase these kids a bit of pitch it was, we kept it respectful I think we got beat 3-1 didn't we? 3-0 I thought, it was, I thought we might have scored it was better than the first game we got beat 10-1 yeah, but then <laughs> he's, he's just scored like, <laughs> then really but then afterwards you go back in the wine bar we're talking about they opened that up and it's closed to like, anyone walking by the stadium would just think it was shut, but there's just like a group of folk inside the stadium. Right. And you're left to kind of walk about the stadium. They don't mind you walking about the stadium. And you're just thinking, I can't imagine doing this at Celtic Park or anywhere Aye. else. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Where you're just. Places as much yours as anybody else's. Exactly. And as a fan, you're just like, this is stuff you kind of just. You know, you've got a stadium Aye. yourself, you're just like, this is fucking. There's, there's so many things like that that do still continue to happen that mm-hmm. it just. It doesn't take you long to remember why you're kind of mm-hmm. doing it do you know what I mean because you are made to feel welcome you're made to feel valued as well yeah. as a support from you know not even in Germany and stuff like that so mm-hmm. it's I, you're not think you get much welcome in some clubs up and down the UK in the terms that you're talking about you so get kettled uh, no, yeah. <laughs> you get watched by what we're talking about you can <laughs> constantly surveyed while you're in the game I, it's, I'm glad that you've found it for yourselves man because mm-hmm. it's definitely something that as you say you know Coming up to the big club background, like some like they get a wee bit envious when you see people out there 
and they're actually they're not just like fans of the club but they're part of their club you know what I mean and I think that's how we survive when hopefully these bubbles bust a great yeah. example though um, just to how they treat fans is second last game of the season which is always the last away game of the season mm-hmm. fan lad we were talking about before they charter a train so depending on where the game is they'll charter a train and it's like two and a half thousand it can hold isn't it yeah it's a huge big old thing you know like the old one you okay. used to see in the movies with the car- with the- you know, the six compartments people in the carriage, things like that. And um, in that train, there's again, two, no, two party wagons. Uh, so it's the old bars that were on these trains. Right. So there's a metal wagon and then there's a party wagon. And it's I've never seen people crowd stuff in a train before. <laughs> it is fucking bonkers. Oh, it sounds amazing. And it goes, it goes, it goes slower, start, as soon as it, as soon as it, because it's an old train, it can't yeah. go on a high speed line, so it goes out the back lines and yeah. stuff. And it takes ages to get to wherever it is you're going. But as soon as the train moves, the bars open. And you know, folk are in these wagons and they're just meeting people from all over Hamburg and Germany. Aye. And the, the music's going, and Last everybody's just fun. having an absolute blast. Half seven in the morning, Sunday, we're in the train, and fucking Spice Girls is blaring. And there's people <laughs> absolutely loving it. <laughs> it's, it's the only time I've been to Spice Girls. Uh, it's uh, Spice Girls. Uh, it was as well, yeah. wasn't it? Just going, again, that's people this? getting treated like adults. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two and a half thousand people on that train, and not a bit of bother. But in saying that, when we got to Duisburg, we get kettled into the ground. That's yeah. That was Scots view. Because yeah, they knew we were all pushed for something in the morning. Two and a half thousand just walking up a train <laughs> steam. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a wee yeah. bit merry affair cop we'll just make sure they go the right way. way. <laughs> get a bit hairy. But listen, guys, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. That's this past hour. And um, I'm glad I got you in. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to try and get this out before Saturday. I need to. Aye, I'm just going to put it to it in like, in like two days or something like that. So I'll just try and point you go to one gig, I'll go to the other. Aye, maybe. But um, do you want to just tell people where they can find you? Because, I mean, I, I, I'm interested in it. Mel now just talking to you about it and like thinking, mm-hmm, I quite fancy a fucking trip to Germany to go to a, game of, a good game of no, good football. Because you haven't sold the football side of it, but you've definitely sold the community side of it. But where can people find you if they're wanting to have a look for you? So in terms of like getting in touch with Twitter um, and our email address, I think it's on the Twitter as well. Um, but in terms of for showing the games, we we never, we can't um, announce it because where we show the games it isn't um, 100% Legit. paid for. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. we don't want to get the venues into trouble. But Fair if enough. people message us then... They'll find out. Yeah. So they can contact you through Twitter if they want to become a member. And right. and people should go to that gig on Saturday night. Yeah, if you're new. Like I said, man, I'm, I'm definitely going to be there at some point. So, But thanks again for coming, right. man. It's Cheers for us. Telling us about... I mean, I've always sort of... There seems to be like this sort of thing where people in Scotland are looking at the fans in England and going, your, your game's sort of soulless, and, but we're gone the same way. So um, it's it's nice to hear that there are places where it's still part of a community and there's still something that's bigger than just lifting a trophy and paying 100 quid for a kit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, aye man, it's been and anything that fucks with fascists. Is <laughs> but I tell you, you don't follow Sam Pauly for the... It's Sam Pauly, by the way. Don't follow <laughs> Sam Pauly <laughs> for, for, for the football. You know, you're, you're, you're no glory chasing if you follow that company. <laughs> yeah, it's for every other reason. Definitely. But thanks, guys. That's, Aye, that was man, fun. That, that was Thanks a lot. Thank you. Lightning falls when there is panic in
sky Fun to call us when all but fear is left to die You tell it like it's fantasy Something that you're never going to be Same old story every day There's just one thing that I have to say That if we believe, if we trust in you Then I don't know why you say the things you do You'd see a whole new way to be Giving honest answers and not those lies to me Empty halls now filled with echoes of their past On our stars they lived each day like it's their last You tell it like it's fantasy Something that you're never Every day, there's just one thing that I have to say That if we believe, if we trust in you Then I don't know why you say the things you do You'd see a whole new way to be Giving honest answers and not those lies to me I can tell that you're on a mission just to break the walls down time and time again If it wasn't true, would it be okay to break the walls down time and time again? If we believe, if we trust in you Then I don't know why you say the things you do You'd see a whole new way to be Giving honest answers and not those lies to me Believe, if we trust in you then I don't know why you say the things you do You'd see a whole new way to be Giving honest answers and not those lies to me